Welcome to the City Church Podcast, your home for all of the audio and sermons from City Church St. Petersburg. We meet every week at 10 a.m. at the Sundial AMC Movie Theater, 151 2nd Avenue North in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. It's two weeks in a row that I'm starting with the Ted Lasso reference. You're welcome. I love meeting people's parents. It's like an instruction manual to why they're crazy. It isn't so hard to find stories in all of our lives on the ways that we resemble and reflect things from our parents. And if you're somebody who's become a parent in the past few years, it's always awkward when some habit or some little quirk of your parents shows up in your life. It's even in sort of silly and innocuous things. I did this just the other day. Um, one of my children was complaining um, that, that things were not fair. This is not fair. And I'm pretty sure the reason they were complaining is because I was being a complete tyrant in saying that, no, you may not eat that Pop-Tart 10 minutes before dinner. And as this child, one of my children, lamented the injustice of the situation, the words that spilled out of my mouth were words that I have heard over and over before. Son, fair is where you go to get a corn dog and ride the Ferris wheel. It's no shock that our relationship with our parents leaves an indelible mark on us. For better or for worse, we are shaped by our parents. And we who are parents are actively shaping the lives of our children, which as a parent has a degree of terror with it. And this is not just true for us. The way that our parents have left marks on us is true about everyone. Whether your parents were great or terrible or absent, that story echoes into your life right now. Not just for those of us who are Christians, but all of us are formed by our families. So it's not shocking that as we come to the Proverbs, that Solomon has a good bit to say about being a child and about being a parent. But before we turn to Solomon's words this morning, I want to sort of air something out. I want to address something head on. Most of us, if not all of us, experience the ripples of our relationship to our parents in some negative ways. The terminology of a mother wound or a father wound is something we get. And while we acknowledge that nobody is perfect, The ways that some of us have been hurt are real. And so we come to a set of Bible verses. We come to these selections from the book of Proverbs on relationships with our parents and our children, and they speak of them in a positive way. For some of us, that feels out of reach. For some of us, that feels impossible or even unsafe. So what do we do about that? As we look at these Proverbs, which present us the opportunity to have positive relations with our parents, with our children, and yet in some of those, these relationships are difficult. Well, we remember what the whole project of Proverbs is all about. Proverbs is about wisdom. Wisdom isn't law telling us exactly what to do in each and every situation. 
It isn't a set of rules that can be applied specifically to this narrow thing in our lives. No, the way that Proverbs work is that they are the wisdom of the entirety of Scripture applied to our lives in the different ways that our lives come at us. Because no matter who we are, no matter how much we may have in common with one another, the ways that we experience hardships are different. You know this if you have brothers and sisters, if you have experienced a hard family situation, even siblings experience that differently. This is what wisdom is built for. Proverbs helps us learn to navigate the complexities of life with the compass of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is built for situations like this because wisdom is built for an imperfect world, the world that we live in. So as we consider our relationships to our parents and to our children, are we ready and willing to possibly submit to scriptures? Or do we think we may know better? Because ultimately, what we're doing when we look at the scripture, when we look at the way that the Bible talks about our families and their relationship, we're being asked to look beyond the brokenness that we have experienced and even the brokenness that we have inflicted. And we're being asked to look at a new story of family. We're being asked to look at the story of the redeemed family of God. So as we've been doing, as we've worked our way kind of through the the second half of Proverbs in a a topical fashion, uh, we're going to read a selection of Proverbs from all over the book. I've ordered them topically. They're not ordered kind of in any sort of chronological order besides the order that I wanted them to be in. So I'd ask if you are able, if you would stand as we hear God's word together from Proverbs. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. My son, Do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. City Church, this is the word of God written nearly 3,000 years ago and intended for us this morning. You may be seated. As we turn our attention to these Proverbs, we first see that Solomon has a word for our children. And what's interesting is, Not all of us are called to be parents, and yet all of us have at one point or another been a child. Some of us are still very childish, but all of us understand what it is like to have a parent, even if that parent was absent. And Solomon's advice to children is pretty simple. A wise son makes his parents glad, and foolish children grieve their parents. As we grow in wisdom, it is a delight to parents who are doing the same. Wisdom loves to see itself echoed out in the lives of others. But our foolishness, our foolishness can damage every sort of relationship around us and none more than the relationship we have with our parents because of its proximity. The further we stray away from the wisdom that Solomon is giving us in Proverbs, the more difficult it is to have a relationship with us. 
Think about those things that we have considered over the past few weeks, the way that our tongue can cause problems in our lives, the way being foolish with money can cause problems in our lives, the way that, that, that being around the wrong type of people can cause problems in our lives. And it's not just individual. That sort of folly in any of those areas can wreck relationships with those around us. It can wreck the way that we are even in relationship with our parents. Think about it. If you are foolish with your money and having to go to your parents all the time and ask for theirs as an adult, that is going to put a strain on your relationship. If you are constantly talking ill of your parents, it's probably not going to go well. The whole of Proverbs, the whole of this project of wisdom, when we apply it, moves us towards a positive relationship with our family. But when we are foolish, it has the opposite consequences. We, where there are wounds, folly makes them deeper. But wisdom is health to our bones and to our relationship. And the Bible takes that relationship between children and parents very seriously. When Jesus quotes the fifth commandment, he says that it's the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long on the earth. As children, honoring often is simple because it takes the form of compliance, of obedience. But as we become adults, that relationship changes. Our calling is not to strict obedience to our parents. That's not their role in our lives anymore. Instead, we're to honor them. This takes the form of the way that we love and care for our parents. One of the best descriptions I've ever heard of what it is to be middle-aged is you know that you are middle-aged when you are having to care for your children and your parents, when you're having to parent your children and parent your parents at the same time. You, you know, I want to say it is incredibly difficult to write a sermon about parents when your parents are in the audience. Just about every illustration I have, and I have many, are kind of off limits. But when you are middle-aged, you are parenting your parents and your children at the same time. But how do you honor them through that? How do you love and care for them? I think one of the ways that we need to consider is not treating our parents with disdain. Because that's where many of us go. But let's just say this. Most of our parents, one of the ways that this shows up pretty easily is our parents tend to be far less adept with technology than many of us. No matter what age you are, it's pretty much a rule that once you turn about 16, you are probably more technologically uh, adept than your parents ever will be. I'm getting to that point now that I have a teenager. Somebody asked, my, my wife asked me the other day, which HDMI cable should we get for this? And I was just about to hand my phone to my son and say, I don't know, kid, get whatever one on Amazon you think is good, because I've... I have lost that knowledge. I no longer know which ones are good and which ones are bad. There was a time when I did. Some of you uh, have, some of you remember what it's like when you had to hang up your landline telephone in order to get on the internet. 
you have lived through this technology and this change that not all of our parents have. So when our parents have trouble with their smartphones, do we treat them with disdain? When our parents accidentally post that thing on social media or that thing that was supposed to be private for all the world to see, what is our response to our parents? Do we roll our eyes? Do we screenshot it and text it to our friends? Or do we show love and compassion and reset the password on their router one more time? One of my favorite sets of commercials that are going right now are the commercials for the insurance company where they're talking about uh, you're becoming your parents once you buy a house. And they, they get to the airport six hours before the plane leaves. And he's, he's asking, you know, when exactly do you think Group B is going to board, right? And, you know, my favorite one is when they're in the Ikea and there's the person with blue hair <laughs> and the, the guy that's coaching him. We all see it. We all see it, and the one guy can't help himself and just shouts out, blue. We know what this is like. This is, this is, this is a thing that happens. But do we, do we smile at that? Do we love our parents in the midst of that? Do we treat them with continuing kindness and grace and love? Or do we show them disdain? Do we treat them as glorified babysitters or do we honor them with quality time? Growing in wisdom is always growth towards love. And so if we are growing in wisdom, we will be growing in the way that we love and honor our parents, even as adult children. But what about the reverse of that relationship? What about, what do the Proverbs have to say about the way that we parent? And before I get going too far on this, many of you might be tempted to turn off. Your children are grown, they're away, or maybe you don't have children. You know what? I'm going to tune out here. I'm going to get back into this in about five minutes. Make sure to set my fantasy team and everything else. But I want to remind you that one of the things that we hold dear here at City Church is the fact that when we baptize a child into our church, it is not just the parents who make vows. The vows that are normally reserved in other churches uh, for the godparents, we all take to those children. And so our responsibility is not just to parent our children, but to be a parental figure, to be a mother and father in the faith to all of the children of our church. So whether or not you are a parent, all of us collectively make those vows. You are a part of the village, and we truly believe that it takes a village to raise a child. So stay paying attention. Because Proverbs speak about our parenting needing to be rooted and grounded in our relationship to God. Solomon says that when we live in the fear of the Lord, our children have a place of refuge. The wisest thing you can do for your parenting is have a vital and abiding relationship with Jesus. The greatest way for you to love the children of our community is to do the same. The fruit of the spirit that is born from this type of relationship, from a vital abiding relationship with Jesus is the exact tools you need as a parent. They're the exact tools I need as a parent. Humility, self-sacrificial love, grace, grace, 
and an identity rooted in the fact that we are sons and daughters of God. Those are the greatest things that we can give our children. Those are the sort of things that we as parents need to be cultivating for our parenting. And then Proverbs speaks of this dynamic that many of us feel as parents. As we raise our children, we want them to grow in wisdom and we want them to be reasonably safe. I had to tell one of my children that just this week, no, you may not climb that tree and jump out of that tree and onto the trampoline in the neighbor's yard. I had to say that with my mouth to my child. We want them to stay reasonably safe. But for some of us, it is so tempting to err on the side of being so strict that we provoke our children to anger. The Bible talks about that too. The Bible warns us against that. Proverbs says that is not the way. Biblical parenting is not harsh or domineering. It is never simply an exercise of power. Parenting is always a function of love. It is modeled by the way that the Lord disciplines us. He is patient. He is kind. But he also reproves us. He doesn't just ignore things. He doesn't pretend that stuff doesn't exist. He doesn't, just like we should not allow our children to continue in folly. He won't let us sit and sour in our sin. If you're a Christian, you've likely experienced this in your life, where God uncovers our sin and corrects us. But this is never harsh. This is never done in anger. This is never done with a vindictive spirit by God. Rather, it is a function of his love for us. That's how we need to parent our kids. Deeply rooted, growing from the soil of love and a relationship with Jesus. Far too often, my parenting is not rooted in love, but is rooted in convenience. Son, I want you to stop doing what you're doing so I don't have to stop doing what I'm doing. <laughs> you're being inconvenient to me. Stop it. When, when my children are never, neither seen nor heard, I'm usually pretty happy with them. When they create problems that I have to fix, that's when I get upset. No child ever intends to spill a cup. However, as soon as that orange soda hits the counter... I am quick to get angry, even though I myself have been known to spill things on occasion. I'm not parenting in love and grace in that moment when I respond in anger. Beloved, let us not parent out of convenience or control. Let us love our children and model for them the patience and grace that the Heavenly Father shows to us which is an interesting way that the Bible phrases one of the names of God. He is our heavenly father. The Bible is absolutely filled with these intimate family words and names to describe our relationship with God. John tells us, behold, the sort of love the father has shown to us that we are called the children of God and What's more, we actually are. 
The language that's most often used to describe the relationship between us as people inside of the church is the language of brothers and sisters. And when Jesus was asked to teach people to pray, what he said was, begin by calling God our Father. And Paul, in laying out our beautiful, the beautiful story of our adoption by God that we read a portion of earlier in the service, says that one of the benefits of the fact that we have been adopted into God's family is that we call God Abba, Father. That is the intimate name that you would call a parent in that culture. Again and again, we're reminded that the closeness of a family is the model for the way that God loves us and the way that we should love one another. And the way that God loves us is deeper and greater than any earthly father gave to us. One of the beautiful things about this language in the Bible is that it redeems all of the reasons that we would want to chafe against it. Some of you shudder to call God your father because of the hardships you experienced growing up. But our heavenly father is good and he is safe. We can cast our burdens on him. We can hide under the shadow of his wings. He is like a mother hen who gathers us under his wing when the storm comes. And in spite of all the ways that our parents have failed us, yes, but even more so the ways that we have failed as parents and as children, God never stops loving us. Our adoption cannot be revoked. The family is sealed and as a consequence, we can rest. We don't have to prove our value or earn our place at the table. We are already accepted by what our first brother, Jesus himself, did for us through the cross and through his resurrection. And this new sort of acceptance bought by the blood of our Savior overwhelms us. As we meditate on the fact that we have a perfect father, we're enlivened show that sort of love to our children and to our parents. The wisdom of God for family relationships is rooted in our experience as children of God. Grow in that. Grow in that experience and understanding that you are a child of God, beloved by a perfect father. As you grow in understanding that, you'll grow in the way that you're able to love your children and your parents. As I meditate on the good news of the gospel, it helps me deepen in understanding what it means to be a son who is wise, who makes his parents glad. It makes me grow in the ways that I'm able to show love and patience to my children. And it can for you too. Let's pray.